tuned into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from Hakan Anderson and it features in episode number 272 where he discusses jump training, plyometrics and resisted sprint progressions. So in this bite size it's resisted sprint progressions that he talks about, how to load, what effects load has on technique and how you can program for sprinters and team sport athletes. But just before we do dive into this episode with Hakan, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. If you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, visualize, analyze, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. Excellent. So one thing I want to chat about next, Hakan, is resisted sprints. And I know there's a lot of work coming out of JB Marin, JB Marin's um, group on this recently, which is excellent. And obviously, you've put some um, some cool videos on as well. So I want to I want to touch on this. So in terms of resisted sprints, again, in that um, sprint environment, where would you start someone um, on resisted sprints, and why might you do that? Well, I think we, you know resistance sprint. If we, if we, we you know, I think would be an excellent idea with those heavy, heavy ball players, you know, to to you know to work, uh, you know, developing horizontal force uh, ability, you know, in a safe way. But that's uh, you know, but uh, you know, resistance sprinting has been around for ages, you know, and uh, you know, hill running things like that, you know, has been been around for a long time, you know, but. Uh, in the in the last couple of years, we, you know, there have been some very interesting technology on the market. You know, we are using the Norwegian system called the DynaSpeed, and the, this the 1080 motion and so on. There's a lot of systems that you can program and do it, do it uh, a lot more accurate and 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 uh, more precise than 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 before. You know, but sprinting is, you know, it's. Uh, all about producing great force in the right direction in short time, like we like we, we we talked about. But it's also about rhythm and coordination and relaxation. And I find sometimes, and sprint to say too, that the sleds can be very disturbing, you know, because you're working with the friction, so they resist the forces. You know, get, it oscillates a, a lot when you're working with with sleds. That can be really disturbing, you know. So. Um, you know this new technique has been just been amazing because uh, you you because you have a you know like a constant pulling force that can be programmed you know and you you can work in different phases of of the acceleration phase you know with different loads and so we use it a lot extensively and i think this is going to be a big part of the of the future for for sprinting you know when when it comes to be, being more precise and work more specifically uh, more more important so than I think than plyometrics. Actually. So what was the technology that you said that you use? I know you mentioned the 1080 sprint, but what was the technology that you use? We use we have been we have been using a Norwegian system called okay. Muscle Lab. You know, for they have all different kind of sensor. You know, and they've been I was involved with that. We started experimenting with with the resisted and assisted sprinting with motors already in the in the late eighties. You know, but. Uh, it's in the latter years, you know, it's been developed further now. So we, now we can we can use these machines together with, you know, IMUs, EMGs. You can do it with contact grids and so on. So you get a lot of information in one go. You know, you don't have to have all different kind of, of systems. And if what is interesting, what is good to know when you when you're doing resisted or assisted sprinting is, of course. 
you want more information on speed, I think. You know, you want to see what happens to stride length and frequency when you load them, uh, resist uh, sprinters or assist them. You know, so uh, especially I think would say with with, uh, with assisted sprinting is crucial to know. You know, because it's very easy to pull people too hard, and you re- you damage their mechanics. You know, and uh, in that sense, you know that uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not good. That at all. was my next question. How much damage can you do to to technique? based on using resistance sprints? I mean, the resistance sprints, you know, I think it's e- actually easy to damage, uh, you know, with the assisted sprint. If you pull if you pull people too, okay. too hard, they start breaking, you know. So you can, can really... But it, with, when it comes to resisted sprinting, I think it's pretty safe. But you, you have to, you know, what, what I, how I see it, you know, that... If we use pretty heavy resistance, you know, if I if I program the the system to to resist with about thirty percent of body weight, with equivalent to about sixty percent of body weight with a sled, a little bit depending on the friction, of course, the maximum velocity you will achieve of a sprinter that has maximum ability of eleven meter per second is roughly around. You know, by maybe four, five meter per second, which is equivalent to his first or second stride. So with a heavy sled, it's like tra- training those first couple of strides, for, but for an extended. Uh, yeah, you yeah, absolutely. Understand? Yeah. You get on the same speed, and you produce almost the same force for uh, for for an extended time. So you get more specific. You can work without heavy sled being specific for the first couple of strides, and then with the, with the lighter resistance, you can go on, uh, you know, working on different phases of of the acceleration curve. So it's a very good tool like that, and you you can work your, uh, yourself through the whole acceleration phase in a training period. You start with a heavy resistance with the initial acceleration and. You end up in a training program with developing, you know, your capability, you know, at the, at the latter part of the acceleration. So that would be with resisted sprints. So how would you program assisted sprints? Well, we we usually use assisted sprinting when it when it comes into you know preparation, the latter part of the preparation period, and I I. We usually we usually mix. You know, you can do a maybe a resisted sprint, you can do a re- assisted sprint, and you do an unloaded sprint. And uh, if you can control the stride length and the frequency of, of the assistance and com- compare that to to the unloaded sprint, uh, it, it, it's it's um, it, it's it's very valuable actually. So to see that you are not only flying longer because you're pulling the athlete. Uh, so. Oh, it's like working, working. You, you know, the acceleration phase in 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 sprinting is you know, you know, fifty, sixty meters. You know, for top sprint, even seventy, sixty-seven meters for bolt. You know, so sprint. You know, people say is acceleration or, or top speed the most important thing? Well, of course, it's high correlation between top speed and finishing time. But you have to accelerate up to top speed. So, I would say acceleration is is is. It's very, very connected to maximum velocity. You're not, you're not jump from an airplane. You know, you you have to accelerate yourself. Next, I'd like to have a little chat around um, probably more about the muscle lab as well and different percentages that we can use res- resisted sprints with. How would you how would you progress 
And what kind of loads are we talking about? When you say heavy resisted sprints, what kind of loads are we talking about? Well, you know, heavy resisted sprint, if you refer to, to you know, the literature, they're always referring to, to sleds, you know. And because, but, you know, if you talk about, a, you know, motor, you know, resisted, uh, you know, resisted sprint that, uh, uh, like a muscle lab or the 1080, you know, is different. It's usually about half, you know. So the the heaviest we go, the heaviest resistance we use is about 30% of, of body mass. And uh, that uh, that uh, slows them down extensively, you know. That's, uh, that is or, or like a, the, the speed of the, the first step or so. And uh, so we... we when we, you know, we start the, the training, the training, you know, we, we're doing fairly heavy resisted sprinting for a couple of weeks, you know, and then we eventually de- decrease the load, you know, during the training period. And we usually mix it too, you know, with, with super heavy, medium heavy, lightweight, light heavy, but we emphasize uh, one side of it. And we all, always a combination with unloaded sprinting too. So the maximum you would go to is 30% of body weight? Yeah, yeah, about thirty percent. Or it would be equivalent to sixty percent. Ah, okay, perfect. Okay, yeah, I understand. So, and again, I refer to JB's group's work at the minute. But at that top, at that top end, like the thirty percent body weight on a muscle lab, or equivalent to sixty percent on a sled. And I may be, I may be repeating what I've already said in terms of um, altering mechanics. But does it alter mechanics at that heavy end? Well, it alters mechanics at the end if you try to 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 run with an erect yep. position. You know what I mean. But if you stay in the same position as you have in the first couple of strides, you don't alter mechanics. So you have to you have to you have to think about what you're doing. You, know? you can't you can't run thirty meters with 30 percent of resistance and expect the, the 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 body to race in the same way as you do with an unloaded sprint. You have to work in the low position, you know, to to because that's what we are that's what we are emphasizing. I understand. So, how how would that differ when you're working with team sport athletes? Would you still fluctuate between the super heavy, heavy, medium, or would you, given their the demands of their sport, acceleration been more prevalent? For them, I think, you know, the heavy resistance sprinting would be more considered strength work because if you take a footballer, he's never going to start from a low position as a sprinter. You know, they usually take the sprint from an upright position and they have to accelerate a lot more with hip extension rather than knee extension, like a sprinter is trying to do in initial acceleration. But, you know, you can still use the heavy sleds, but I think it's more for strength. But in a in a game situation, you usually take a sprint. A football player takes a sprint out of an upright position or a, or a moving position, never from a you know from a from a low stand. So, how would you try to not mimic that, but make that um, a little bit more? I hate the word. I hate using the word sport specific, but something that they're going to be more likely to face during their sporting environment. Well, if you if you think about if you if you think about sled, you know, resisted sprinting as being strength training for them, maybe you know, you know, for people that can't do in a jumping, you know, it's a safe way of of working, you know, working. Uh, even if the resistance is high, 
and the and the and the speed is low, you know, the the speed is still much higher than anything you can do in the gym. You know? Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. As I mentioned, this clip came from episode number 272 with Hakan Anderson, and you can get that on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you soon.